Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio's Green Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. What is there to say about this one? I mean, that was a hell of a third period in overtime. Those were super entertaining. Uh, it was nice to score three goals, even though it took, uh, you know, they get two in the first 10 minutes, and you think, all right, offense is going to break out here. But, uh, you know, Tampa, despite their kind of mediocre results so far, we know how good Tampa is. They're not back-to-back champs for uh, for nothing. Uh, and they took over large portions of this game. It was nice. And uh, ultimately – Took the lead. Uh, damn, that was a tough goal to give up for uh, for Carter Hart. Uh, Steven Stamkos down low along the post, and uh, Carter Hart just can't seal it off. It squeaks in behind him. Claude Giroux ties it up. Flyers do get a point out of the proceedings, and then a just super entertaining uh, overtime. Vasilevsky came up huge for them time and time again after the first two goals. And then just shuts the door, makes the Flyers look uh, incompetent in the shootout uh, with um, especially his save on Couturier, if you can even call it a save. It looked like Couturier came out of his cut, looked up, and gave up, basically. Uh, Drew tried to fake him out by looking for the uh, between the legs, tried to get Vasilevsky moving the other way, and then beat him to the left post. But uh, Vazzy stuck with him, and we lose in the shootout, uh, you know, Stamkos and point score, not a big surprise there. They're fucking awesome. But odd game. Uh, Flyers played well at points, disappeared at others. The power play continues to be a huge issue. Uh, you know, if they're not going to be as opportunistic as they were early in the season, they need to take advantage of the big opportunities they get on the power play, and they just have not been able to do that so far. They could have won this game in regulation. Um, you know, if a few things break the other way, but they do not. And they only end up getting a, the loser point out of the deal. So uh, I want to get to all of you. I see we have a bunch of speaker requests, so let's uh, let's do that. But first, I got to talk to you about my friends in Lewisbury, Pennsylvania. Bill, what's in Lewisbury, Pennsylvania? Well, that is where Clear Rum, K L Y R, Clear Rum is distilled. It's an American style rum, twelve times distilled, eighteen times filtered. It is absolutely delicious. I know you will love it. You have to give it a shot. And I mentioned Lewis Berry. If you have any idea where that is, it is middle of nowhere PA, and we often uh, we often associate those people with maybe fans of another sporting region. Uh, but they, the, my friends at Clear Rum, really wanted me to let you know that this is rum for Flyers fans, by Flyers fans. They actually even sponsored the alumni game the other night. If you're at the alumni game, uh, you saw them up on the uh up on the scoreboard scoreboard early you saw their uh 
their logo and everything. So this is this is a rum for Flyers fans, by Flyers fans. It's delicious. It's not like any other rum you've had before. I've been drinking it just with a splash of water on the rocks. It's absolutely great. Uh, I've had it with ginger ale. My my wife loves it. We've been using all sorts of different mixers, but I kind of kind of just prefer it. Uh, kind of just prefer it straight. It's absolutely uh, absolutely awesome. So you might want to give that a try. K L Y R Clear Rum. You can get it right now at Uka. In Bluebell, I'm going to say it's called Uka. It's an absolutely great Japanese restaurant, sushi, sushi place. So try it there or wherever you can find uh, wherever you can find fine rums and liquors. You'll be able to find clear rums. So give it a shot. It's real good. All right, let's get to the uh, let's get to the callers and let's lead it off with Zach Boyle. Zach, you are live on the post game. Hey, Bill, how you doing? How are you tonight, Zach? Uh, good. It's my Friday, so this game doesn't bother me as much. Um, <laughs> No, but all, all joking aside, I really, coming into this, kind of expected, like, a way, way, way worse result. Just because, like, we had a really hard game against Calgary, and then I really expected Tampa Bay to just do Tampa Bay things, which they kind of did, but just didn't get the goals, which was all because of Carter Hart, so... That's the fact. That's what's kind of killing me about it is Hart gave you a chance and you can only depend on goaltending so much. Eventually, one of those is going to go in and it did tonight. But Hart gives you the chance, especially in that second period. And um, then that soft one goes in in the late in the third to just really uh, yet. Now you're looking at tying the game up, which they do, which is nice. Uh, Probably would have gone to overtime either way. But uh, just just a killer goal for Hart to give up. Feel bad for him, honestly. I do too because he has he's played out of his mind uh, for for what the last like two and a half weeks he's been lights out every single time that we've called on him. I mean, you mentioned in your your last uh, last podcast that like we've given up two, uh, we've only scored two goals in the last nine out of eleven games or something like that. The only reason that we're even like in the wild card right now, which I know standings are standings right now, but like it's only because Carter Hart and partially Martin Jones have just been playing out of their goddamn minds. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, this team, they've played well in, uh, in spurts, but they certainly, I don't think in this Metro division have played well enough to, to, to stay afloat in it. If not for their goaltending. Yeah, for sure. What last thing and I'll say and then I'll go, but what what did you think of the new line combinations? I mean, I know Hayes is out and that they're probably not going to last, but I don't know. I kind of liked what I saw early on at least. Yeah, I definitely think this is uh I think it's something they should keep together and keep trying. Drew uh kind of helps anchor Brassard a little bit, so that's I, I really like that duo, and obviously Giroux gets the goal early, so that's a little confirmation bias there. But, yeah, I think it's something to keep intact as long as Hayes is going to be out. I assume if, you know, he had that scare last game, he played the third, he came back and played through it, but uh, uh, we can assume he might miss a little bit more time here as long as he's going to be out. And even if he's not, maybe we talked about this on BSH radio today. I don't know if anyone, I don't even know if it got published yet. Honestly, we had, it took some time to get everything together, but uh, maybe the idea of working Kevin Hayes back in, in like a fourth line role uh, wouldn't be so bad if you could figure out a way to make up for it, get Thompson out of the lineup instead of elevating him. But yeah, it's, I I dig the line combinations. I think there might be something there and they just got to, they got to give something time, some sort of chemistry as to click. Man, Hayes is a 4C. That'd be a hell of a concept, wouldn't it? It would be. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. And thanks a lot, Zach. I uh, appreciate you calling in tonight. Um, this The Hayes thing is a bummer uh, just because 
you know, plays a couple games, scores a goal, uh, has that scare, and then he plays through it, and you're thinking, all right, maybe it's not that big a deal, and hey, maybe it's not, but it doesn't bode well if he had to miss tonight's game. Uh, Kyle B. Kyle, you were live on the post game. Kyle B. Are you unmuted? Sorry. There you are. I'm a moron and having trouble with the button. Um, <laughs> no worries. No worries. Uh, so just two things tonight. Uh, one thing, the Flyers and Tampa play overtime the way it should be played because that was exciting as hell. And if you remember back in the beginning of the year when we played Vancouver in overtime, I wanted to pull my hair out with Vancouver, just keep pulling it back to center ice, doing changes and everything. That literally ruins the whole overtime like concept with what they're doing with three on three and seeing these two teams just go for it the whole time is just so exciting to watch. And I just wish every team played overtime like that. Yeah, it was um, a lot of fun. Uh, I, 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 it was definitely one of the more enjoyable three on threes would have been nice to score a goal, but it was, there was a, there was a lot of fun back and forth there. Yeah. And then my second point, and I know you disagree with it, but I think, the shootout is the stupidest thing in sports. I don't even think the NHL cares about the shootout. And they prove that by not cleaning the ice after 25 minutes of hockey, uh, by getting rid of spinorama goals. They don't care about exciting goals and having people get excited about shootouts. They just want the game to end. Uh, like what, In the past two years, like can you name one? like, holy crap goal in the shootout. Any Like, ever since they stopped cleaning the ice, like, Mike Ribeiro used to do some crazy goals in the shootout back when he back in the day, like, between the legs, Forsberg goals and everything. There's been nothing over the past couple of years. It's just a waste of time. I'd rather it end in a tie. It has been. It has really uh, – it seems like – They've really dumbed it down and made it a lot more boring. The, the cleaning of the ice, the spinorama, you hit on a lot of things there. Uh, my only issue, listen, three-on-three, three, obviously the superior option. My only issue with extending three-on-three, three, which is what everyone talks about, is it, it's fun in, in a vacuum. But, like, what happens when you have three games in four nights? I think that just is going to lead to way more injuries and shit like that. Teams go to multiple overtimes, uh, you know, games in a row and overtime all the time. I, I just think it, I think the, the product overall of hockey would suffer from, even though what would be a lot more fun in the moment, I think the sport would suffer. If they want to go back to ties, they can go back to ties. I would love to shoot out if the Flyers were good at it. Like if we had Braden Point, who's like 50% in his career, that would be fucking awesome. I'd be all about the shootout then. But the fact is they just don't seem to, they just don't seem to ever have anybody who's close to automatic. Even Giroux, uh, I mean, 40% is good and he's like right on that line. They trot out Couturier every time. He's like 30%. Like they just don't have anybody who can do it. Yeah, I hear you. But even, like, I guess even for the exciting factor, points really good. Obviously, you would love him on your team in shootouts, but what did he do? He just went up and shot it. Like, is that that's not, like, the whole point of the shootout. They're like, oh, we're going to be exciting and bring fans in. Yeah, that's not really exciting. But, well, I mean, yeah. nothing nothing hockey does brings fans in. The people yeah, who true. watch hockey are the people who watch hockey, and that's all there is to it. That's why it's, like, you know, the fourth sport by a mile. I got you. All right. Well, it's always a pleasure, Bill. Have a good one. Take it easy, Kyle.
Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Dan Allen. Dan, you are live on the post game. You know, you said uh, Vasilevsky made the Flyers look incompetent in shootouts. That's because they are incompetent in the shootouts. I was just looking at the stats. The Flyers have the worst shooting percentage uh, in the history of the shootout. They've allowed the highest shooting per- opponent shooting percentage in the history of the shootout. And their shootout win percentage is an entire half a percentage point <laughs> worse than the next worst team. So, like, it doesn't, like, it seem, doesn't, it doesn't seem possible. It, it, to be and it's been around so long now like it's been around since 0506 that is a huge sample size and they've always sucked at it there's like one year they were okay yeah, well yes yeah, thank god they uh they won that one shootout that you know led to the cup final run but you know yeah that's whatever <laughs> anyway um i just had i just had to yell about that because I, I i hate the shootout for just that reason if flyers were good at the shootout like you said i probably wouldn't wouldn't be so enraged about it, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um, the game tonight though, it was really, uh, it was really a tale of different periods. You know, I thought the first period, the flyers really were, you know, obviously they had the two goals, but they were really, uh, you know, getting a lot of chances kind of carrying the play. The second period, the lightning completely dominated. And then the third period, the flyers had all the shots on goal until that, you know, toward the end when that unfortunately squeaked through heart. So, you know, Claude Giroux wasn't going to let us, uh, wasn't going to let us lose this game in, in uh, regulation, at least. Got to love that guy. Yeah, absolutely. I would just, like, I know they keep track of game-winning goals. I want to know how many of those Giroux has. The final minute, final minute 30, game-tying with the net empty goals. Like, he has to have more than anybody in hockey in the last 10 years. It seems like he does this all the time. Yeah, man, he... Um... You know, we have, you know, guys who, you know, Konechny, of course, can score goals and we all love Couturier and everything. But, you know, even after all this time, Giroux, I think, is still our most, our you know, the offensive weapon that other teams have to, you know, game plan for the most. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that he is uh, not quite as appreciated as he should be, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Claude Giroux. He's been the face of a franchise that hasn't wanted to give him any help for 10 years now. And, uh, you know, now he's on a team that they're, they have high, loftier expectations. And yet still he is, uh, he is by far, like you said, their greatest offensive weapon. Yeah. We're, we're going to miss him when he's gone. Hopefully they're, you know, they don't have to move on from him this offseason. Um, one last thing I would say is that, you know, I, I'm, uh, you know, Carter Hart's been great this season. Like I said, after the Calgary game, he's been one of the top goalies in the league this year. Uh, but it's, uh, and maybe it's just because I watch him every night, but he seems to allow a goodly number of those bad angle goals and he's got to cut down on that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's given up a few of those. And uh, even this year when he's been great, uh, some real weird goals in that opener against Vancouver uh, tonight, he had that one, the, uh, the wraparound, I think that was the overtime winner for Latang where he wasn't up against the post enough, wasn't strong against the post. Um he seems to struggle on both sides right up against the post seems to be his weakness. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's something he's got to work on, although, you know, his game has vastly improved this season, and he really looks like he could be the franchise guy we hoped he could be. Oh, without a doubt. Thanks a lot, Dan. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, Hart, like, I'm not going to kill him for the goal tonight because he's one of the reasons they were even in the game. He's one of the reasons they've won really, like, any fucking games this year. Um, but that's – it's a tough one to give up. It's It sucks. They're going to get in every now and then. There, there's going to be some shit goals, shit goals – Go in 
all the time on great goalies. Um, I mean, Christ, not that either, either of them were shit goals. They were both awesome. Uh, they were both awesome efforts. But Vasilevsky gives up two goals in the first five shots tonight. You know, like what can you do? Sometimes, sometimes the uh, the other team gets lucky. It seems to be what happened tonight. But Hart does need to tighten up around them posts a little bit. Uh, let's go to Pat Higgins. Pat, you were live on the post game. How you doing, Bill? How are you tonight, Pat? Not too bad, man. Um, just speaking to Giroux still, um, just it's hard for me to wonder and, you know, it's, it's just future problems, but like, what is this team going to do without this guy? Like for most of my Flyers fandom has, it's been spent watching Claude Giroux mostly single-handedly put a team on his back and will them into any kind of success, you know, like he, I mean, he's, he's unbelievable and, you know, he's closer to the end of his career than he is to the beginning. And I don't know if they have any sort of anything resembling a, um, a replacement in the pipeline, you know? Yeah. I would say unless, unless Joel Farabee becomes a superstar real quick, uh, unless Morgan Frost all of a sudden steps into, steps into the NHL and becomes a, a guy we haven't seen him be to this point in his professional career, um, I, I don't see anyone who's close to what Giroux brings and talk about what they're going to do in the future. This team right now and like this season and in the coming off season, they need one more dynamic offensive player. And I don't know how they get it because Giroux is still so good. What kind of pay cut is he going to be willing to take? Obviously, you know, uh, Couturier kind of set the tone, taking well below market value with his deal. And everybody kind of gets it in hockey. Unless you go to Toronto, you have to not take what you're worth if you want to compete. But goddamn, is Giroux still so good? How are they going to be able to afford one more star forward that they clearly need? I don't know. Obviously, getting out of uh, getting out of the JVR deal, whether you trade him or uh, you buy him out at the end of the whatever it is, but. They still need one guy, even with this current offense, not even like moving forward. Like right now, they need one more guy. A hundred percent. And like you mentioned, JVR, like it's going to be an interesting offseason because this is JVR's last year. Uh, Ristolainen needs to either be re-signed or something. Just uh, Drew's last year, it's his contract year. Like I can't see them bringing back more than two of those guys. And I don't think... I mean, it's, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, like it's obviously this is like way future problems, but I, it's. it's No, looking ahead to it, the cap's always looming there. And thanks a lot, Pat. Um, If they bring back both Giroux and Ristolainen, they cannot bring back JVR. And they definitely can't do it if they want to like make the team better. You know, they need to add somebody else. I hate to subtract JVR because he's still a nice player. Um, and even if he's not producing, he does good things for you, but motherfucker gets paid to produce. Like that's what he's here to do. Put goals in the net. And so far that has not been happening with any regularity whatsoever. Uh, still a lot of season left. And I doubt you're going to be able to trade him, you know, mid season, especially when he's not scoring. So it's a problem for another day, but it's always something we're always looking towards the future. Why wouldn't we? It's Philadelphia. The here and now is rarely fun. Uh, Nikki Hall, Nikki, you are live on the post game. Hey, Bill, how's it going? How are you tonight, Nikki? Um, I'm here. <laughs> Got yeah. my COVID booster on uh, Tuesday, so I'm still kind of getting over that. Um, 
I think pretty much most of the callers have kind of hit the nail on the head with the shoot, shootouts. I, I just call them skills competitions because that's honestly what they are. And my only thing is just just get rid of them and just do OT and then bring back ties. Like, I, I get it, but it, it, it's it's just like the one guy said, you know, when has there ever been any, like, oh, my God, moments in shootouts, you know? Yeah, I feel you. I get it. Um, And that was a couple other things I wanted to touch up on. Um, I have to say, uh, Braun's starting to really grow on me. A lot of the plays he was making tonight, like, this was not like at first I wasn't really too keen on when we first brought him in, but like now he's like actually showing like his size and his ability. Like, I mean, he's no Ryan Ellis. Don't get me wrong, but like, yeah, uh, Braun, I think has outperformed expectations basically since they brought him in. Um, man, they, they need Ellis back so bad to put him on that top pair. I do believe Braun, is best suited in a third pair role, mm-hmm. but uh, he's definitely held his own in a, uh, in this expanded role with Ellis out all this time. So mm-hmm. I, I got nothing but appreciation for Justin Braun and the style of style of play he brings. He's a guy who knows what he is and he plays that way and shit. If he hasn't contributed offensively this year, I mean, he's had a lot of opportunities. I wonder mm-hmm. if that's more like, you know, if you have to cover, if someone's going to be opened, uh, mm-hmm. why wouldn't Justin Braun be the one we leave alone if we're going to be heavy puck pressure, which teams mm-hmm. want to do to us because we cough the puck up so damn much. Why wouldn't you pressure? Um, mm-hmm. I do think a lot of those opportunities are kind of funneled his way sometimes by defenses, but he's taken advantage of a lot of them and he's held his own. He's looked fine. They just need uh, they just need the guys who are supposed to be here to be in the lineup and they're just not yet. Yeah. Honestly, it sucks being snake bitten as a team. <laughs> um yeah, I have to say, aside of that weird goal that Hart let up, because like like you said, you know, I'm not gonna, none of us are gonna kill him for it, because like you know, he's been not even just tonight, but most of the season, you know, he's been, with the exception of the you know very first game, I and mean, I, I anticipate he was gonna be like a little shaky on his first game back, but like you know, I feel like Hart is really like you know he really needs that goal support. Like it's, I'm not saying that we didn't give it to him tonight, but like you know, there have been other times where like you know. We got to be backing up our goaltender as much as we possibly can, and you know. I mean, even tonight, uh, even tonight, they score two in the first ten minutes and mm-hmm. don't score again until there's eight seconds left. Like yeah. that's a lot of time that you didn't apply nearly enough offensive pressure. They were better in the third period, absolutely, but mm-hmm. uh, first period. Tampa kind of controlled, and the Flyers were just opportunistic. It looked like early in the season where they were mm-hmm. just getting the goaltending and getting some uh, getting some shots in the net. And then second period was just all Tampa. It was just them. Uh, they start the third on the penalty kill, and they get it done, and then they take over the third period. But it wasn't enough to that point. I mean, and that's the thing is, like, you know, we're like – I wouldn't say we're the most horrible when it comes to the first period, but it's like how often do we get, like, opportunities like that like we did in the first period tonight. Cause like, if you really look at it, we're like, you know, the first period, we're not all, we're usually ones to have like a slow start. It's just based on how we are, you know, the second periods, you know, second period hasn't been great as of late, but usually that's another one's hit or miss, but third period, for whatever reason, we seem to be one of the better third period teams. And I still, for the life of me, will never understand how or why that is, you know, I mean, it's not a, not necessarily a bad thing, but like, you know, you want to get it going early. So that way, you know, it's not, you know, 
Yeah, it's definitely never great to be uh, to be behind. And thanks a lot, Nikki. Um, this is and you know they get the first two goals tonight. That's huge. I think they said on the broadcast right when the Flyers scored, maybe the first one, the Tampa was two zero and one when allowing the first goal. So they're what three zero and one now when they allow the first goal. Like that's. Uh... That's asinine. Honestly, that's fucked up. You shouldn't be allowed to be as good as Tampa is. Like, and I guess you're not. They just operate like at or above the salary cap. Uh, you know, this year not so much, but you know what I'm saying. Fucking Tampa, goddamn it. Like, why can't we just have all the good players? You know, why, why can't it just be us? Harris Barnes, Harris, how'd you like that? Uh. Harris, how'd you like that uh, Stamkos goal from almost the rock star spot tonight? Uh, I mean, that was great. Um, <laughs> Stammer just uh, winding up and, and taking in. Sometimes you need to take a, a bad angle shot because the goalie's not expecting it. And when he's making all the like ridiculous saves, you, you throw that on goal and maybe something goes in. But um, I think uh, you have to really credit the Flyers' assistant coaches and maybe the video staff because they noticed the the two goals that the Flyers got early on they noticed what Tampa does with their D and their D is pretty darn aggressive and tries to pinch in and keep pucks in and if you just chip it past them then you get a two-on-one or some type of uh breakaway and the Flyers scored on those so I mean that's a credit of noticing and the Flyers got that actually fairly consistently throughout the night because if you notice Hedman likes to do that a lot not yeah they were it was pretty clear what the Flyers were looking for there to uh, be, try to beat them, outnumber them in the neutral zone and get it get it going behind the defenseman a little bit there. Yeah, and I, and I thought um, the Flyers could have probably scored more on that, but a couple of times Hedman was able to get back because it's Hedman. Yeah. Or Tampa knows that when they pinch, F3 has to get on his tail and get back, and Tampa has fast enough forwards to do that. Um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a... It was a pretty darn good overall game. Um, There's a lot of excitement. Oh, getting to the whole three-on-three shootout uh, discussion, the NHL sold it the first couple of years as like, oh, the shootout's exciting. Like coming out of the lockout is this fun new thing. They haven't sold it as exciting since then. The reason why we still have the shootout, as far as I know, is that the players, the PA is like, okay, we don't want to keep playing and playing, even though that would be more exciting because of just injuries, travel, risk, as you said. And then the owners are like, okay, our TV partners don't want the game to go on so long forever, even though, in my opinion, I don't think it would. If you went golden goal, 3v3 OT, and you just didn't have a clock, then you say, okay, play until someone wins. I don't think it would ever go that much longer, but the PA and the owners wouldn't go for it. It's just like how the the salary cap is more about cost certainty, not about parity. So they tell you one thing, but it actually means something else. Yeah, sure. It's cost certainty. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, no, that's like I said, imagine like you play three and four and your second and third games both go to overtime. But to your point, if they did that, like how many would go 10 minutes? Very few of them, you know, like it. Five, most games end in overtime now. If it were to be a little bit longer, like, say, seven, eight minutes, yeah. I think you'd almost always end the game. Um, I, I don't mind the shootout. It just sucks that the Flyers are bad at them. Um, three on three is obviously far better, more exciting team game, blah, blah, blah. But I just 
it just seems like so much hockey. And the fact that your whole bench can't play three on three, like that's the, you know, Justin Braun can't get out there three on three, certain guys, it just isn't going to happen. And so you're depending on the guys who play the most already to play even more. I get like, I get why they don't want to play more. And that was a fun three V three OT. I mean, they, they really pushed it and, I just, yeah, like what one of the other callers said, um, I really hate when teams just go back the whole time. Like going back and doing that, like, is fine. It's a good strategy, like right off the jump, especially when another team has better players than you overall. I think Anaheim did it a couple of years ago to Edmonton where they just held it. Then McDavid had to get off and then Anaheim scored. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's way more exciting when, uh, teams go back and forth and, um, yeah, maybe the Flyers need to, in the shootout, maybe they just need to, like, clap one-timers like G did, I think, in Toronto a couple of years ago, if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember he skated in and ripped it from, like, the top of the, like, uh, like right before the hash marks, I think. So, yeah, that was made. Uh, they couldn't be any worse. If I mean, if they just skated backwards the whole way and ran into the goalie, they might not be worse at the shootout than they are now. Like, it's so fucking bad. Uh, just they can never win them. But And, like, I'm not going to blame Hart for anything, but uh, the two goals he gave up in the shootout, like, those are prime, like, stammer and point shootout goals. Like, that's, yeah, where, they mean, always, that's where they always go. Stammer's done that for basically his whole career and point likes to go to that spot. If he doesn't go far side, he likes to go near side over the blocker. Yeah. And like it's Stamkos and point. I'm not going to, I'm not going to crush a guy for not stopping the two of them. They are basically unstoppable one on O. So, uh, you know, it would be nice to get a save, but what are you going to do there? Yeah. Well, uh, thanks Bill. Have a good one. All right. Thanks a lot, Harris. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you are live on the post game. Uh, I honestly didn't actually mean the, I clicked it and then I was like, well, what's there to talk about the power place horse shit? So that, that's the only thing. But can you act, can you forfeit a fucking penalty? (laughs) You know, I, there was a time tonight where they didn't, and it happened last game where they didn't call something and then Hayes uh, scores the goal. And I was just like, thank God they didn't call it. Uh, Maybe they should start declining. Yeah, I don't. You know I, how you like you know how uh, like if an agitator takes a penalty and then he tries to sucker somebody in, maybe like Scott Lawton takes a or maybe like Scott Lawton draws a penalty, he should then punch the fucking guy to make like to, to make it four on four rather than suckering someone else in. Sucker yourself in so you don't get the power play. Yeah, I I, I almost want to go to Voorhees and like see what they're working on on the power play because I feel like Tarion was dropped on his head as a kid. Like I I don't, is it that hard? I I guess it is. I Uh, guess it's uh, the hardest thing in hockey. That's what it looks like. I'll I'll leave it at that. Thanks, Phil. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Hunter. Like that's the I. You just look at it sometimes and go, you have more fucking guys than they do. Like, how are they winning battles when you have more guys? Uh, how is it that every rebound ends up on one of their sticks when we have more guys? I just, I, uh, Barry Schaefer. Barry, you are live on the post game. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. 
and I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, Bill. How are you? How are you tonight? I'm, I'm pretty positive. They hung with, in my opinion, still the best team in the league. Um, I, I was also going to talk about the power play. Um, it didn't, they, they literally haven't given up a goal on it yet, but they are with their depth. They are in a, in trouble with their power play because not only do they swing momentum, but then they have to risk if there's not a whistle. They throw Scott Lawton out there with two fourth line wingers, Nick Sealer and Keith Yandel against the other team's best players because they're probably not on the PK. They have gotten caved in those shifts right after a power play. There's just no threat at all. I mean, how would you fix it? To me, it looks like the the three guys who have not immediately touched the puck. They're just so stationary. I, I don't know. What would you do? That's my question. That's. I think there obviously needs to be a lot more motion. Uh, me, I want someone set up behind the net. I think. Uh, I think moving Giroux back there rather than moving him higher in the zone, which they've done a lot, uh, would help. But just having a guy like TK who can, I wouldn't call him a net front presence, but he's pretty good at getting the screens and he's pretty good at uh, getting tips and stuff in front, burying rebounds. So maybe a TK can bounce out from a, from in the slot to behind the net. I think there needs to be just a lot more of changing the goalies, uh, changing the goalies perspective. Like it's, it's real hard for him to look behind him. You know, they're, they're wearing all the pads. They have the helmet. They, they have to keep everything in front of them. Um, he's not going to just turn around. So, like, playing behind him, I feel like, is the best way to get the goalie all balanced, especially with uh, without Voracek now. The cross-ice threat isn't as strong. Uh, it, it's But just a lot more movement and just a lot more different from what they're doing. It, it, they need to, like, sit down in the film room and like identify the three things they do most and go, we're going to do the opposite of that from now on. Like every time we gain the zone and then stop at the top of the circle and look back to the point for the automatic, okay, let's start the, let's start uh, our possession from as far away from the net as we can possibly get. How about you just skate through the zone and go below the goal line? Cause the defensemen aren't going to chase you there. You will have time if you get the puck below the goal line. Uh, it, there's just, there's a lot of things they could do. I was at the Toronto game where they got shut out 3 nothing, and they didn't give up a goal, but Austin Matthews, uh, Nylander, they don't kill penalties. They were just feasting the chips after the Flyers didn't score, and they're lucky they didn't give up a goal. Yeah, and that's uh, – thanks a lot, Barry. I was starting to lose you there. I was getting some background noise. But, yeah, there's been some odd selections by the coaching staff this year. Um, you know, it's always just like – it's always just micro decisions – so you never want to get too crazy about it, but goddamn, if you know, uh, like a, a face-off, a defensive zone face-off after a timeout, um, 
and you, you put one of your, or after, you know, yeah, defensive zone faceoff after a TV timeout, and you put one of your bottom lines on the ice. Like you're asking the other team to put their best players out for a mismatch. So, uh, I, shit like that always drives me nuts. Obviously, after a goal or after a power play, the the lines are jumbled, so you want to get something working. But putting out your worst guys in those situations seems like a, a recipe. For uh, for momentum to go the other way, uh, let's go to Johnny Dyer. Johnny, you're live on the post game. Johnny, you got me. You muted. I got you. Oh, there you are. I got you. Aloha, Bill. Oh. How you doing, man? How are you tonight, Johnny? I've been all right, man. I just uh, people touched on a lot of good stuff. Power play, whatever. I, I want to know how many players have to go down before they finally just give. Morgan Frost a shot. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's like gonna be the answer, but I was really surprised to not see him in the lineup, knowing that Kevin Hayes was out and that Patrick Patrick Brown was out. So I was like, oh, maybe this is his chance to like, you know, get it get in a game in the NHL. Nope. Like nope. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> What's just that guy got to do. I I don't know. They just seem real. Real intent on we, – we talked about it today on BSH Radio, and again, I don't know if it's even posted yet. Uh, it took a while for us all to get our shit together today. But, uh, like, Morgan Frost in his last, I think, eight games, he's got points in six of them. In the two games, he doesn't have points. He's like a minus three uh, in each game. So it just kind of looks like they're waiting for him to dominate down there. And maybe he's just never going to. Like if if he has to dominate to come up here and be a third liner, like you're going to be waiting forever. Uh, I like in turn, like just bring him up and see what happens. Uh, I saw Max Willman tonight. I I was you know like I produce you better you bet right up until seven. So I'm like up against the gun basically until puck drop, and then I see Kevin Hayes is out. Like I didn't even know until basically the game was starting, and I'm like, oh, Max Willman. Well, that's an interesting choice. Uh, I I don't know. The dude's leading the Phantoms in points. Uh, he, he's been productive basically for them every single night. Uh, they just don't seem all that interested, especially for a fourth-line role. They want to get more of a, a, I guess, a bigger body out there. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know what Frost has to do. Yeah, I, I it, even if they just wanted to trade him, they're really kind of crapping the bed on like building him up as an asset to trade. Well, that's um, that he can't possibly have any value. Like, if the team that no. drafted him thinks he can't play in the NHL, <laughs> what, could anyone else, what could anyone else possibly think about him? And, and then kind of on the power play, but more on, like, the coaching side of the power play, because uh, A.V. and Terrian are, like, friends or whatever, I don't – like, if Fletcher tells him – I mean, Fletcher's the guy who's going to make the move, right? If he's like, I'm going to get rid of him, does, does, uh, does A.V. go too? Like, do we get stuck with Mike Yo as the fucking head coach of this team? <laughs> Jesus, you know that no. we talked. To, oh, Johnny, Johnny. <laughs> Tomorrow's Friday, Johnny. I can't deal with the shit. The idea of Mike Yo is there. But no, we talked about this. This is something we talked about on BSH today. Like, you know, if if AV is like, I trust my friend, and I'm not going to fire him, then Chuck Fletcher needs to take that decision out of his hands now. Would AV just quit? Like, I can't imagine he would because, like, then he doesn't get his money. Like, if he says, you know, if he does something to get fired, he gets paid. But I, 
would he quit over fucking Michel Therrien and the worst power play in hockey? Like, I can't imagine he would, right? That would make no sense. Uh, 69, Mr. 60 is with us on the post game. Hey, Bill. Uh, sorry about your uh, under bet. <laughs> yeah. If that's like, if they're, if they come back and tie it and it hits the over, just win it for me. Like, at least then I can feel good about the Flyers winning. But to ruin my under and then have the audacity to lose, like, that's just, that's just poor form. Yeah, I'm sure you probably did that, like, fist pump and then said yeah. fuck at the same time as soon as he put that in the back of the net. But a uh, couple things for you. I I mean, every single – the past two games I watched, like, Drew play, like, he, every single time the puck's along the boards or it goes into the corner, it doesn't matter if we have the puck or if someone – the other team has the puck. He always ends up coming out with the puck, which is, like, an underrated part of his game by far. And that was something I always – when he was younger – it was something I always thought, like, every 50-50 puck was Claude Giroux's. Like, if the puck goes into the corner, bigger guy, whatever. It seemed like G always came, came away with it. And the last couple nights, one, he's had the dangle game going. Uh, he had that awesome through-the-legs move to beat the defenseman. Then he almost scores the goal the other night. Tonight, uh, you know, he burns Vasilevsky on the breakaway. He's looked like his younger self the last few nights. I don't know how much longer it's going to last. I don't know if he's found the fountain of youth, but it's been a lot of fun watching him. I mean, his whole career, but he kind of seems like his younger self recently. He really does. I feel like he's really betting on himself for his contract this year. But, I mean, he it's probably, like, laughable that, like, I remember, what was it, Hacker or Hextall that said that Yuri Laterra is, like, an all-star along the boards. Like, he must have been in tears uh, laughing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, like... I, the other thing I wanted to bring up was this team has to be way too good for Fletcher just to sit there and not make a move. We have, I mean, Hayes is out. Looks like Ellis is going to be out for an extended period of time. But like, if Hayes is out for like up to a month, like, does Fletcher have to move JVR just because of cap Im- implications? And then just trying to get like every pick that's like for this year, that has to be available to go out and get players. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything everything for the next couple of years has to be on the table because that's the way you've built this team. Uh, and, I, like, why why should anybody have any trust in them selecting young players or young players coming up and making an immediate impact? Because it has not happened basically at all over the last however many years. Uh, it's going to be so difficult because they're not banking cap space with guys on long-term injured reserve. Uh, they have high-priced players in and out of the lineup. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how they can pull something off, but Fletcher needs to do something because they are in desperate need of one more dynamic player. I just have no idea how they go and get him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Morgan Frost has to be up, though, if Kevin Hayes is going to be out for an extended period of time. And honestly, the whole shootout thing, they should honestly just throw the, what was it, the piece of ply, plywood with the little slit <laughs> in the middle of it and just do, like, Literally, just each team just like shoots from center ice, and whoever makes it first just wins the game at this point. <laughs> that would honestly, that would be hilarious. I wouldn't mind that at all. All right, thanks. All right, thanks a lot. Uh, let's see here. We got a couple of more. Let's go to Warren Brody. Warren, you're live on the post game. Hi, Bill. It was an interesting game tonight. Uh, you know, once again, uh, I felt like the Flyers played pretty well in the first and third period, but forgot to show up in the second period. So. You know, until they start playing at least close to a 60-minute game, 
when it, when you play a team like Tampa, it's going to be tough to win. Uh, a couple other things. I'm a little ticked off about these out the sellers trade at this point. I think it was a mistake. Uh, you know, they I mean, knew the two guys, had the, two guys they trade, the two guys they traded stink. So, like, what's the yeah, difference? Yeah, but they're stuck with this salary cap hit. And I wonder, you know, right. if he plays, he's not even going to play 25 games this year. I, I mean, then, we have no we idea have another, about that, Warren. We have no idea how many games he's going to play this year. Yeah. I don't like, know. What, what's I, the alternative if they were to just come back and be like, yeah, Nolan Patrick and Phil Myers, let's have the exact no, same no, team as last I, year. I, like the only way no, to get players is this way. That's yeah, I get it. You have maybe to take risks. Someone, that's what it is. Was, maybe, maybe you get someone that's not injured, but, but those uh, players probably aren't available. Warren, like that's the, like yeah. really good players typically aren't available. Like there's a reason guys are yeah. available. Most of the time, this was a risk just, they took. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it may be his job. Uh, you know, uh, pro Rob at a point doesn't work for me, and they really don't have a guy consistently in front of the net. Uh, the power play is just ridiculous. It's they it's should awful. just they they should just decline it. Yeah, I mean, and thanks a lot, Warren. Like the power play has been a disgrace. It's just. To not like uh, Warren just mentioned Provorov on the point, uh, like he he just has no urgency. There's just nothing. There's nothing dynamic about his game up there. At least like I mean Keith Yandel isn't Keith Yandel from however many years ago, but at least he's like a good distributor. You know what you're getting from him uh, in that spot. Like Provorov just looks like I don't know, like it's five on five and he has all day up there. I. Uh, the whole power play is just shit. Uh, Barry Schaefer. Barry, you are live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Last question. Just on, on Joel Therabee. Um, He's young. He's developing still. I get it. But are you worried about his inconsistency at all, even at his age? Like he's, I, I saw him in person. I could not believe he's actually a big guy. I'm a little yeah. worried about Therabee. I don't know. I mean, overall, and thanks a lot, Barry. Uh, like, overall, am I worried about Joel Farabee? Like, what is he going to be? No, I, I think Joel Farabee is going to be a good player in this league for a long time. Um, this year, however, he's expected to be one of the main contributors. And I know it's not always fair to expect that much from young guys, but young guys all over this league are contributing and contributing a lot. And he just hasn't uh, – the first three games of the season, he picked up a goal and an assist in all three games. He's got one goal since then, no assists. He's just kind of – he's just kind of there. Uh, he, not good enough. That's He has not been good enough. I think he's going to be one day. Uh, but they need him, especially now with Hayes out, with the team in this uh, long scoring slump. They need their guys to to do their job, and it, he just hasn't been nearly consistent enough. He just hasn't been nearly productive enough. He hasn't been nearly noticeable enough. That's the thing is if he was getting a ton of chances and it was just like, yeah, one of them's going to go in eventually, um, you know, there, I wouldn't have many complaints. But – Tell me how many great plays Joel Farabee's made in the last three weeks. I'll wait. Um, you know, he just hasn't been there. Hasn't been there nearly enough. Uh, Max Wind, you're our final caller tonight. Max, you're live on the post game. Max, are you muted? I got nothing here, Max. 
All right, sorry about that, my friend. Uh, maybe next show. All right, that is all the time I have for you on Broad Street Hockey post game tonight. But before we get out of here, I got to tell you about my friends at Clear Rum, K-L-Y-R, Clear Rum. It's an American-style rum distilled in Lewisbury, Pennsylvania, by Flyers fans, for Flyers fans. It is 12 times distilled, 18 times filtered. It is honestly delicious. Uh, I've been drinking it on the rocks, splash of water, but there's so many different ways you can enjoy it. Uh, I very much recommend Clear Rum, K-L-Y-R. Uh, it's it's great. It's rum made for Flyers fans, by Flyers fans. I met uh, a bunch of the people in the company at the alumni game, which they sponsored. Uh, they were they're one of the main sponsors of the alumni game on Monday night, so that was really cool. I met the uh, the distill master, brew master, uh, whatever her title may be. She was really cool. Walked me through the whole process. It was over my head, but the uh, what I took out of it was a lot of love and care goes into uh, creating this absolutely awesome rum. Uh, and I recommend everybody out there give it a shot. If uh, eh, you're thinking, oh, you know, I don't really like Malibu, I don't really like Bacardi. It's nothing like those. It's it's you know, I had a rum phase in college. I was huge on the Sailor Jerry and the Captain Morgan, uh, but and huge, you know, drinking those with uh, a lot of Coca Cola. Yeah, you put on the pounds. This is nothing like that. It's just a, uh, a tasty, clear rum. It's a sipping rum. It's I call it a craft rum. So check out KLYR Clear Rum uh, wherever you can get your uh, high-end liquors. All right, that's all the time I have tonight on the post game. I'll be back after the next game. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you've got to hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts and bang. Content delivered to you all the time. The flagship show, BSH Radio. These post games, checking out the competition with Kelly. Uh, Flyperbole, so much content. I can't even name it all because I want to wrap it up. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. I appreciate it. Until next time, have a great week, everybody.